Welcome to Diverse, a Society of Women Engineers podcast. SWE gives women engineers a unique place and voice within the engineering community. On Diverse, we highlight incredible women in STEM and discover who they are at home, at work, and everywhere in between. You can find all of our episodes online at podcast.swe.org or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. Hello, I'm Karen Hording, the Executive Director and CEO of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to Diverse, a sweet podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by Dr. Deborah Emmons, Vice President and Chief Technology Officer of the Aerospace Corporation, which is our sponsor for today's episode. I'm so excited to have you here today to hear about your journey in STEM, to get some of your career advice, and also hear about all the groundbreaking things the Aerospace Corporation is doing to promote diversity in the aerospace industry. So welcome, Deborah. Thanks, Karen. I'm super excited to be here and joining you today. Well, one of my favorite things about doing these podcasts is to hear people's story and how they first became interested in STEM and engineering. So what initially sparked your interest? Yeah, thanks, Karen. So yeah, my love of math and science actually started pretty early. It was certainly it was certainly in grade school. And, you know, I grew up in a small town in New Jersey. And then while I was in high school, I had an opportunity to work with some engineers. It was part of an Explorer program. And I worked with some engineers over at AT&T Bell Labs in Homedale, New Jersey. And so between that experience, kind of working with some engineers and some of my terrific teachers, they really encouraged me to look at engineering. I am a first-generation STEM individual. So my parents were, although they certainly encouraged me to go to college, they were not able to provide that insight into engineering but it was through the Explorers program and through some high school teachers that I then really got to consider engineering because of my aptitude in math and science. And, you know, I went on and I applied to Cornell University and then I studied electrical engineering. And kind of from there, I don't want to say the rest is history, but I was able to then land a co-op internship, came out to Hughes Space and Com, worked in industry in LA and really started my love of, of space and aerospace engineering. Well, Bell Labs, not too shabby as your <laughs> first foray into engineering. What was that like as a young woman being at such a renowned uh, place for engineering? Yeah, it was really, it was pretty interesting. And I will say that it was an, a really exciting program that was done kind of through the government labs that had done this explorers program that had said, well, let's get folks, let's, let's get them firsthand experience and at least meeting engineers. I will tell you, I didn't really see any women engineers there at Bell Labs and Homedale, but you know, in some ways, because I had such strong teachers in math and chemistry that were encouraging me to look at this, that didn't deter me. I, I didn't really have, uh, you know, see engineers or meet ones at, at Homedale that were female or diverse, but that was so that was an interesting experience, but I felt like it was still very much something that was open to me because they were very open um, and they created a nice environment for all of the high school students to learn. That's great to hear, especially at the high school level, that you experienced such a welcoming environment there. Yeah, it's unusual sometimes because yes. I, I, that was an exciting and very positive experience. Yes. Yeah. So you've been in the aerospace industry for quite a while. So can you share a little bit about that professional journey 
And what's kept you there over the years? Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, I think, as I mentioned, I did have some experiences both in industry and in aerospace. I've now been at Aerospace Corporation. I just celebrated my 20-year anniversary after starting in 2003. You know, I've had just so many different exciting career opportunities, both when I was at Space and Common Industry and now at Aerospace. I've worked in several roles and locations, East Coast and West Coast. And so, you know, when I look at my experience at Aerospace, I've been really excited and challenged each day as I'm working. I feel like I'm working with some of the smartest people in the space industry, whether it's my colleagues or just it also interacting with the leaders in government as well as leaders in industry. So, you know, it's just really been the diversity of the problems that, that's been so exciting. I've had customer-facing roles working here with aerospace and, and civil and, and commercial programs working with NASA, they've tried to achieve their missions. I've worked on the defense side and managed laboratories of hundreds of engineers. You know, today I'm I'm CTO and vice president, and I like to say that I think I have one of the most exciting jobs at aerospace. It's it's really the portfolio of pool because we're doing research and trying to develop game-changing capabilities in our labs and in our facilities that really try to get at the hardest problems that our customers are facing. And and so it's really been that, the hard problem sets, always feeling like I'm challenged and the diversity of the work that's really helped keep me excited about engineering. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've had quite a diverse set of opportunities there. Is there one in particular that was most daunting that now looking back, you're really glad you took? Yes. I mean, certainly I had an opportunity probably around 2009 and 10 to support one of the Blue Ribbon Commissions. Uh, Norm Augustine was leading a commission that was really looking at the future of human exploration. And at the time, our CEO, Dr. Wanda Austin and Dr. Sally Ride were, were members of this. And so I had had such high respect, of course, for them and, of course, looked up to, to Sally Ride my, my whole life. And so having an experience where I was part of the technical team that was re- leading the analyses to support this Blue Ribbon Commission that uh, NASA had put in place was really tremendous. And it was, it, it was both exciting, but very daunting because they were asking for analyses and things that supported their decisions in 90 days because they were trying to get back to Congress with report. And we had to support such an aggressive timeline. And so just the opportunity to work on something like that will forever be imprinted in my life. And when you talk about, you know, the brightest minds in space and science, you were right there. Yes. And so, yes, that was exciting, but very daunting to be in the room there with, at the time, as I said, our CEO and Sally Ride and other esteemed academics and industry leaders. Yeah. I was on a panel with Sally years ago, and I kept pinching myself. Like, you're sitting here on a panel with Sally Ride. How did this happen? Because it's yes. just it's just so amazing, you know, to have been in her presence and all the things where she was a first. And to be able to be part of a conversation with her was probably one of the biggest honors in my career. I understand that. And I can so relate. And because of some of that experience that I had helped uh, being part of that to support that panel, I was also... Be fortunate that I was able to attend the celebration of her life in, in 2014. I was living in Washington, D.C. at the time, and they had a, a special event that really reflected on her 
for life and engineering career. And, and I was able to participate there too. I was able to participate too. That oh, was terrific. Yeah. That was an, yeah. an amazing event. Yes, it was. Well, being in the industry that you're in, I'm sure you've had many space-related moments that are sort of awe-inspiring. But is there one favorite that comes to mind? Oh, I would say, you know, I think I will always be excited by achievements in space on all scales. I would certainly say really delighted by the NASA missions and the NASA Mars, you know, science laboratory missions. And, you know, aerospace has had a couple you know, over a two-decade history helping, working, supporting NASA and JPL in the field center. So I think, you know, seeing the successful execution there in the more science laboratory, the science work there was really exciting. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's a good segue because it sounds like aerospace is a rapidly evolving industry, especially all the things we as as um, lay people see in terms of commercial space endeavors. So what emerging changes are you seeing and how do you and your team kind of stay ahead of these trends? Yeah, that's a really important one because we are seeing now commercial space is rapidly changing everything, as you say, whether it's access to space, uh, imagery, the data analytics side, the comm product. You know, we're seeing a lot more, you know, investment and technological advances and seeing that happening on the launch vehicle side and proliferated constellations, computing capabilities, a lot more investment in AI and machine learning. So really a range of things. And one thing that we've done at Aerospace is we established Commercial Space Futures Office, a new office back in December of 21. So it's been operating a, over a year and a half now. And that office working with our Economic Market Analysis Center and, and rest of company we are really working to better help our customers harness commercial capabilities and doing that at speed. That has been something that our customers are increasingly asking for as there's been just greater capability now with the adversaries and increased threat. So that's been something that's been a real important focus for us. And to your question about how do we stay ahead, I mean, one of the things that we are doing in this office is trying to identify and align and connect commercial capability with government needs. So that means we are out there looking at the landscape, doing that market sensing work and having regular uh, engagements with industry and customers and academia to really be able to see and track here and be a part of this emerging landscape and really look at capabilities that come online and help our customers to really be able to look at what is all the viable options there and to help them with some of the due diligence and and being creative and innovating in terms of where some of these capabilities can really be exploited by customer. Well, it sounds like in your role, it's not just about the technical expertise. You've really got to leverage some skills because you are interacting with customers so much. So any advice for um, some of our early career folks, because it seems like everyone I talk to wants to get into space and space exploration. So any career advice in terms of what folks can do in addition to building their technical expertise to be successful in an industry like yours? Yes. Well, I think that never stop learning and being curious is, is a key part of that. And you know, what I have all uh, throughout my career, the professional career, I was always complementing that with, I'll say also the academic side. And 
and some of my my schooling and work really was beyond the technical side. It was also in the business acumen side. So I really feel that that's in another important part of it. And so I was actually studying some things like finance as well as entrepreneurship. So I could think about how do you take a, an idea and actually be able to turn that into something that's more marketable. So I think thinking about the different lenses of, of technical work is really important. And whether you do it you know, through a formal academic training or whether you're just uh, a lifelong learner and emerging yourself in workshops or other mechanisms for learning, that's really important. Yeah, I love to hear that because that's a big part of what we do at Society of Women Engineers is really try to provide those opportunities to get those skills that will reinforce your technical expertise and just really make you more diverse in terms of your skill set. So I love hearing that it works. Yes, it absolutely does. And I mean, I think the other thing that the, the Society of Women Engineers does is provides a, a, a networking forum. And that's another thing I think getting those different perspectives and hearing about what things are working for people and other experience, you know, other ways that they are enhancing themselves is really important. I love that. Yeah. So it sounds like, Deborah, you mentioned network and the importance of, of a network. Can you just talk a little bit about how you built your network? Yeah. So I think I've had a, a, quite a bit of opportunities to build my network, whether it was through my academic pursuits and uh, multiple degrees or through my work and meeting with customers and and through government. And so I've just always been open to meeting new people, try to engage in that, and then try to keep some of those connections. It's tough, but certainly have tried to participate in different clubs. And I had an opportunity some time ago when I was DC-based to be one of the board members for the National Space Club and Foundation, which really was another opportunity to increase the network. I would also say I'm a, a big believer in mentorship, both as a mentor and a mentee is just another way to help have increase your network and have other you know stakeholders that are vested and that you are vested in. Yeah. And it, it does take time and effort, but I think in the end, it really is worth it to grow that network and, and have those strong relationships. Yes, it does. And some of the mechanisms I do, you know, I do use some of the LinkedIn and, mess- and forms like that. They do help. But to your point, it definitely it takes effort and uh, you do have to work at it. Yep, absolutely. Well, I'm going to shift gears a little bit now over to Aerospace Corporation specifically and ask if you could talk a little bit about the Space Workforce 2030 which is, a, I believe, a pledge uh, led by aerospace to promote diversity in the aerospace industry. So can you talk about that a little? Yes, certainly. So we right now, I think, are really in the midst of one of the most exciting times in space industry. We talked about that. There are a lot of incredible opportunities with the burgeoning commercial market and some of the ways our customers are shifting. But, you know, to really realize that exciting future, we have to have a strong and vibrant workforce to really push the cutting edge of innovation. And to get to that means you have to have and you need to be leveraging diverse perspectives, diverse backgrounds, diverse experiences. So really bringing in that diversity. And it's, so it is important there because I think the next big game-changing idea really come, can come from anyone. So Aerospace launched the Space Workforce 2030 initiative back in Space Symposium last year in 2022. And the goal of that was to bring more educational and work opportunities in the space industry to 
the underrepresented groups. And so we've had over 31 companies sign on, and these commitments are being made by the CEOs and the top space executives from these companies. And so, you know, they are signing the pledge and they've been really key to get to to this point. Um, and so there's been some major uh, players, major space companies uh, in defense uh, and overall space have been involved. Folks from companies like Northrop Grumman and Boeing and SpaceX. And so what's really been important there for this commitment here that we've made at the executive level is in four key areas. And we are now committed to delivering annual aggregated data that we want to really see improving year after year. And so that's the four areas that the space workforce is focused on and where there's commitments in this pledge are representation of women and people of color in the overall technical workforce, the representation of women and people of color in the industry's senior technical leadership. And then the two other thrusts, one is around supporting university institutions and their students to really increase diverse aerospace engineering graduates. And then one goes really earlier in the, in the if you will, in the life cycle, develop and deploy K through 12 STEM programs to really reach more students across the country. Yeah. So that's really the, the emphasis there of our Space Workforce 2030. Yeah, I love that because it's not just overall representation, but it's taking a look at leadership as well. Uh, you know, back to even what you said when you were at Bell Labs and not seeing anybody like yourself, you persisted, but not everyone does when they don't see someone like themselves in leadership. So I love that piece of it because I think that will really help drive the other components. No, that's exactly right. I mean, and, and if you one thing to mention is, you know, there's been some efforts laid out by the White House last fall. And our Space Workforce 2030 very aligns to those pillars. And because if you think, again, back to the point, the pillars are really inspire, prepare, and employ your next generation of space workforce. So you're talking about reaching people in every stage in their life. And so that inspire is really getting to that K through 12 STEM. And, you know, whether that's through Girl Scouts or Explorers programs or whatever those may be, right, uh, prepare is through uh, the, an intern program or employing for the postgraduate level or in the workforce. Yeah, the whole career path, we need to be working from cradle to hammock, as I like to say. That's right. Yes. Um, so are there some specific things within Aerospace Corporation that you're working on to kind of get the pledge farther along? Yes. And, you know, so the we were able to actually put out for the first time, the first annual report was published earlier this year. Uh, part of the workforce pledge includes a goal of having 3,000 paid diverse internships annually. And uh, that is to, intended to be reached by 2030, is to have that 3,000 paid uh, diverse internships on an annual basis. So this past summer, we had more than 100 Space Workforce 2030 interns working at our company, and we really want to see that increasing across the board. And we had you know, interns joining from UCLA and USD and Caltech, as well as several of the HBCU universities. A couple of other things I'll talk about that we are doing at programs, and some of them do talk to kind of earlier in, in the life stage. You know, Aerospace had helped to organize a Girl Scout badge in a day event. And so we actually hosted more than 120 
young girls at the Space Foundation headquarters. And there were attendees, which included the vice chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General John Hyten, uh, the, the former vice chair. We had our aerospace board member, the Helms, and then a Northrop Grumman Space Systems President, Tom Wilson. Uh, so that was an opportunity to give those individuals uh, that experience there at Girl Scout Badge Day. You know, the other thing that's been important, you know, we've had a women's committee in aerospace, which represents all the women of the corporation across ages and jobs and race. And they've really been an important network for the women at the company, a forum where we can learn and grow. And they just had a celebration of 50 years. And so that was one, you know, another initiative that we put in place. And then the, another thing that we did this year that we're proud of here is celebrating the promotions of our nearly 550 employees through an all aerospace promotion recognition event that was sponsored by our Aerospace Diversity Action Committee. So I think, the, you know, those are some of the initiatives that we've put in place. So I think we are truly talking the talk and, and walking the walk. Yeah, well, I love hearing whenever there's a celebration because I think it's so important to draw attention to the things that are positive and that are working. But I think I'm still reeling from 3,000 paid internships. Yes, yes. What a fantastic goal. Yes. And we, you know, it is an ambitious one. And so, you know, we have some ways to go, but I think everybody's feeling very good about the, the steps and the plan in place. So we are, we are really delighted with that. And as I said, we started out pretty strong and we have some more to go, but that is what that pledge will really try to drive. Yeah. Well, it sounds like aerospace is doing a great job of leveraging diversity to drive innovation at your organization. Is that a fair assessment? Yes, yeah, certainly. And, you know, that's been really important in the technology offices. And again, as I say, in my role, that's been key. I mean, there has been numerous research studies that have shown that diverse and inclusive organizations, diverse and inclusive teams perform better. And, you know, so much of our work, so much of our work in our capability development and some of the work in our deep portfolio is getting accomplished by teams. And the teams with diverse perspectives are going to be more creative, more innovative, and better catching mistakes. So that's that's something that we are focused on that plays the key part, whether it's in R&D teams or in our hardware or software prototypes for space, also really important in our you know commercial team. So that is something that I really look to and instill in my leaders as well, that we are going to really encourage in the way we formulate teams. We're really going to think about how to bring diverse perspectives across the board. Yeah, there's really no downside to having those diverse perspectives. I mean, we the data just shows us innovation is better. So I love hearing that it's become such a core value to your organization. Yes, absolutely. Well, before we go, I just want to wrap up with one more question. Our listeners are always so hungry for career advice and sort of that that last nugget of what advice you would give to women who aspire to leadership roles like yours in the STEM industries? So I would say first and foremost, never stop learning. Be curious and then be, be a problem solver. I will say that I think leadership really can be demonstrated whether you are in a formal management role or not. 
So I think women and people of color need to be thinking, you know, any anybody, any employee, regardless of level, or even before you have a, a formal leadership role, you can demonstrate leadership and leader, then the promotions will follow. I would also offer that, again, I mentioned before, that mentorship does play a significant role in the career pro- progression, particularly for diverse talents that I have certainly benefited from mentors throughout my careers. I've also benefited from coaches. And I think that those are also really important. So, you know, I would also offer up that, you know, as folks move along in their careers, uh, find them, find yourselves those career mentors and ask for those mentors and ask for the feedback. Because you really can't stop that lifelong learning. It's important to really be open and never stop learning. Well, I think all of that is great advice. So I just want to say thank you again, Deborah, for taking the time to speak with us today. I don't think I'm alone when I say that uh, I am so excited about space and space exploration and the opportunity for diverse individuals to be part of the industry. So thank you again for being here. And um, I hope that I will see you at We23 in L.A. in October. Yes, I'm looking forward to that then. So thank you, Karen. I just, again, want to thank you for this opportunity here to talk with you and, and your listeners and just to be a part of the Society of Women and Engineers platform. Well, thank you again. And thank you to the Aerospace Corporation. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Please don't forget to subscribe, leave a review and share this episode with your social network. You can visit podcast.swe.org to keep up with our episodes and learn more about how the Society of Women Engineers empowers women to achieve their full potential as engineers and leaders. 